chance on here. Pulisic picks up the loose ball and he could be in. Christian Pulisic for Chelsea, 1-0. Quick thinking by Alisson, and if Salah could lift it, still Salah, Salah! The Ghost Goal Podcast. Chelsea got their first league win at Anfield since 2014 as they walked out 1-0 winners against Liverpool earlier today, thrusting themselves firmly back into top four with a heated pack of rivals hot on their heels. I'm Alex, here with Javier. We have a ton of midweek games to talk about, uh, and then a very good... That's pretty good, Alex. That's pretty good on the fly. We we do what we can. We do our best. Uh, And then we've got a weekend that includes a Manchester derby, Chelsea-Everton, Two teams right next to each other in the table and in the top four race. West Ham leads. Sneaky good game later that day on Monday. Arsenal, we're going to be traveling to Burnley. We're going to head on all these games a little bit later in the pod. Uh, but first, we're going to start with the primetime fixture of this midweek slate of games. Liverpool, Chelsea at Anfield. Mason Mount with the winner in the 42nd minute after a Timo Werner goal had been ruled offside uh, by VAR in the 23rd minute that caused a lot of controversy. Much, much deserved. Much, much deserved. And I predicted the result. Exactly. We don't score more. We don't score more than once. Yeah, like in the, in the, in the run of play, I thought Chelsea deserved that goal. I mean, right before that Mount had literally had two very good chances and one was basically like almost a tap in that he just like hit it straight at the keeper. And I mean, I'm sure that eventually Timo, the positions Timo that Mason the, Mounts uh, get the tap in. Yeah, Timo. I'm sorry, Timo. I said Mason. Yeah, uh, Timo had two really good chances. The position that Timo was getting in all day, he's going to start scoring at I, some I think, point. It's like I know it's literally start he has not scored, but I think for all consideration, we it have to, a little we have to like consider to like me. the goal drought over because he's playing so well. And I don't think that goal should have been ruled offside. I'm I'm just going to count it in my head. He already scored against Newcastle, Newcastle, whoever it was, a couple of weeks ago. No, that's ago. not how that works. I, he's, uh, he's no, back. that's not how that works. He's back, Alex. Javier. No, he didn't score. And you know what? No, he should have had a hat trick. He should have had a hat trick. Yeah, but he's trash. <laughs> he was Timo robbed, Javier. Trash, he deserves. Alex. He deserved two goals tonight. No. He was. He worked his ass okay. off for the team. He I got agree. the he result. He played well. He played well, but. He played well, but he missed his chances, got caught off sides. And do you think that was honestly, offside? Like, I think it could go. You could like. I I don't like it when it's that close that they draw it down to like the fucking inch. To, like, all right, so yeah, it's one of those ones where like, like they they kind of draw it like like they want it to be offside. Because what they've done is basically they've said you can chest a ball down and you can use your shoulder to bring a ball down. So that's the part of the, your body that can play the ball. But we're going to start like guessing offside by using that same rule. And at some point where your shoulder becomes your arm, 
they just say it's the sleeve, but I mean, I don't know how you can, how you can call that. It's so, it's so damn tight. Like it seemed ridiculous to me. Timo should have broken his, uh, or should have had a big goal and a very big game. And it honestly one nil, I mean, I, I did predict one nil, so I'm not exactly surprised. We only scored one, but we had enough chances in that game that, if we had been a little bit more uh, in goal scoring form and good attacking form and had a bit more confidence about our attacking play, I think it could have been kind of embarrassing because Liverpool were, now, Liverpool now were really that, poor. Liverpool didn't have a shot on goal until like the 75th minute. And it was like a very tame well, header from say, Wijnaldum. I was going to say right after that, uh, that Werner goal was ruled offside for VAR. The Mane chance? Mane, yeah, Mane had like a crazy chance where he was just in one-on-one and just had to, you know, volley it in, which you've seen him do many times. He could have. He probably even had time to bring it down and take a shot. Like he had a bunch of time, and he just fluffed his lines. Which oh yeah, it's kind of in the story for him this season. I kind of forgot to mention that uh, Andrew is obviously isn't on tonight. I uh, to my, to our knowledge, he doesn't have anything to do with this result. He's just busy with uh, plus money, his uh, betting uh, bonus pod that will be out sometime uh, Friday. I'm, I'm imagining for uh, all of you to get your betting picks for this weekend. Uh, you can follow him at Andrew Passaro on Twitter and Instagram. And I, I think right after Mane had that chance, he uh, put out a tweet saying, this time last year, Sadio Mane buries that. And I, I can't disagree with that. Because other than that chance, and then I guess the header, which was their first official shot on goal in the 75th minute that Wijnaldum, I think it was Wijnaldum, put straight at, uh, at Mendy. There wasn't really anything going for Liverpool. Like, as you were watching us close out the game the last 15, 20 minutes... Uh, yeah, Liverpool had us under pressure at times, but there were other times where we were just very easily breaking their press. And it was, it, it, dare I say, Chelsea made that look easy at times. And that's been something that we as a team specifically have struggled with, especially when we've gone to Anfield. So a part of me thinks we uh, took one of our chances, which, you know, in the past, like the Man United game just last weekend, we weren't able to do. And... We got a little bit lucky that this is a team not really at the same level that they have been in uh, recent years Five past. Five straight so. home losses for Liverpool, first time in the club's history. Yeah, and then they've got two draws sprinkled in at home there too against West Brom back in January and uh, Man United, I think, a couple of weeks ago. So it's uh, not looking good for them. shouldn't have been joking about uh, Arsenal being relegation form earlier in the season, Liverpool. shouldn't have been joking about it because now look who's talking. Yeah, you know, we all go through our, uh, our our bad spells. Chelsea went through ours. Liverpool going through theirs. Uh, I- it just shows. It honestly, though, it does show. I know that they've had a horrible injuries, so it's not like they just went got this bad this quickly for nothing. And it was Fabinho's had, first game back, has to be mentioned. He's been yeah. out for like a month, I think. But I think that it was evident when the Klopp pulled off in the 65th minute Mohamed Salah, you know, when your team's down 1-0, that's, that's a pretty huge move to do. Yes, yeah, so I heard that it uh, was the earliest that Mohamed Salah has been brought off in a uh, Premier League game since he was brought off during the 5-0 loss at Manchester City in 2017. And that was... They were losing 1-0, though. Yeah, they were losing 1-0 to Chelsea, but that was four years ago almost. Uh, it was 5-0. That was that 5-0 game with Man City when Mane got sent off for cleating Ederson in the face. So it was a tactical substitution made at halftime, which is basically to say that was a completely strange situation that you know you can kind of rule out. Bringing Mo Salah off, I think, what was it, the 75th minute, 70th minute, something like that, with so much of the game to be played. He's their top scorer. He's the most likely to, I don't know, make something happen in the box because God knows nothing else was happening. 
it's it's Klopp sending a message for sure. And he's bringing back on Jota, who hasn't played for months, it seems now, and Oxley chamberlain to kind of shake things up. Those players didn't end up making really no, any Alex, of a difference. Alex, 62nd minute, Mohamed Salah 60 second, yeah. That's, that's a message. That's sending a message to your team. Similar to what Tuchel did to Callum Hudson-Odoi when he brought him on and then took him off against Southampton, that if you're not playing up to the level that's uh, required, it doesn't matter who you are, whether you're our leading goal scorer or not. And let's face it, it's a message to the entire team, but focused on the one player who, I mean, like I predicted on the pod, Rudiger had in his pocket. I think Salah made like a couple of runs at Rudiger early, got bodied, got pushed off the ball. Couldn't really make anything happen. Maybe got him behind him once, but wasn't able to score. Uh, and, and then he just kind of, you know, started drifting off into other areas to see if he could find some success elsewhere. But it, yeah, it, I, I think it's a message that that Liverpool team needs to have. They all need to know that, you know, whether it's Firmino or Mane, it could have been any of those three, to be honest. And the same message would be sent. Like, you, you guys have to start performing and scoring goals because, what, have they not scored for like five games in a row at... It was like 10 hours or something. They haven't scored at Anfield. I think the only goal that's, they have in this crazy. 2021 is a Salah penalty uh, against West Brom. So, uh, no, against Man City. Sorry. Uh, so, it's a, it's a very. But, like, how insane is situation. that that we're saying? It's not like Firmino, Mane, or Salah have gotten injured. I mean, I know Salah had COVID. I don't know if that affected him. Did Mane have COVID as well? Uh, yeah, much, much earlier, though. Earlier in the season, I think, yeah. I th- don't even think this season. I think it was the end of last season. He was one of the people who got but that, COVID. That's kind of crazy, though, the two of their forwards. Do you think that uh, we're seeing that there are like lasting effects? It's possible that something like that has happened to these players. Who knows? I, I really don't know. Because Salah is still their leading goal scorer and the leading scorer in the Premier I League. I know. Like, you can't say Salah's having a bad season. He had a bad game Obviously against not, Chelsea. Yeah. And it was a bad matchup for him, as it has been in the past. And he just happened to be the player that Klopp decided to make the vessel for which he sent his message to the whole team. Uh, All right, Alex, give your Christian Christensen spiel. Go ahead. I don't have to. We've already done it plenty of times. He just continued what he's already been doing. And it's getting to the point now with uh, Chelsea's defense where they're playing so well as currently constituted that you might even think Thiago Silva might struggle a little bit to get back into the lineup. Like maybe uh, he's training again, but wasn't like ready to go for this Liverpool game. You might think that like maybe they give Aspilicueta a rest and play Thiago Silva at that right center back spot. You don't really lose anything in, in passing ability. And he's obviously got just as much, if not more experience than Aspilicueta. So uh, these two games a week plus Champions League is going to start wearing on older players like that. So maybe a little bit of rotation could be in order. Um, but yeah, otherwise, Rudiger and Christensen, you can't really have any complaints about any of them. They've gone through this three-game uh, start to this difficult march, uh, going to the away leg in Atletico, keeping a clean sheet and winning, keeping a clean sheet at home against Manchester United, and now again at Anfield and getting a win. So yeah, Chelsea are looking in, uh, in, in good nick right now and can't be too disappointed. Uh, the, the one thing I want to hit on before we move on to you know, the rest of the uh, important recaps for this week and the previews is how worried would you be about Liverpool's chances of making top four right about now? I, I'm I'm pretty worried if I'm a Liverpool fan, you know, because it, this form is, is just catastrophic right now and it's really hard to get out of this and completely turn it around. I don't think that the signings that Liverpool have made are, are going to be enough to, to get that push to make top four. I think they'll still be 
you know, the the shittier teams, but in teams that are, you know, even 7th, 8th, ninth, in and around them, they're losing those matchups right now. And I think that's where this table is going to be made up this season is where you get those results. So I think in those games, they, this was a huge game for them to lose. Yeah, and there's been I think for plenty them, more before that. The Everton one, you could say, was just as big of a game for them to lose because that's Everton are now ahead of them and right behind Chelsea and on better form. Like, it's kind of undeniable at this point. I, I reckon that you might be pretty frustrated by uh, the fact that Liverpool's next couple games are home Fulham, home RB Leipzig, at Wolves, and then April 3rd, start of April, Arsenal away. Are you, uh, are you thinking to yourself, you want to play them now? You want to just get at them while they're still uh, down and, yeah, down hoping, and trodden on? Yeah, I was on? hoping we could play them now, but... I mean, I'm, not, I'm actually going to yeah. say, I'm not predicting the turnaround to start now, but you know, if you had to ask for a, a slight ease up in the schedule, Fulham and I still think we'll be better Wolves. than them but at that point in the season. Yeah, yeah maybe. Uh, but, yeah, I, I'd be pretty worried if I was a, a Liverpool fan right now. Just to lay out the table, just give you guys a brief idea... Uh, We'll get to Leicester in a second, but Manchester United and Leicester are currently in second and third on 51 and 50 points. They they have been the ones that had that that lead, and that's now since been closed by a couple of draws and losses by those two teams, where uh, Chelsea are in fourth, three points behind uh, Leicester, 47 points. Everton, one point behind uh, Chelsea in fifth. West Ham, one point behind uh, Everton in sixth. And uh, then you've got Liverpool, Tottenham, Aston Villa, and yeah, we'll, mess, we'll mention Arsenal. We'll uh, we'll just give them a, we'll, we'll give Arsenal a brief mention, but they're all the way down to ten. Oh no! But that Liverpool are now. I, I think they're. I mean, it's hard to break this big clump of teams all gunning for the top uh, for three uh, top four places that are left. But Liverpool, Tottenham, and Villa, you probably say, are in their own group now. And the only reason I say that about Villa is because they have two games in hand on Liverpool. So, uh, and all these teams are going to be playing each other between now and the end of the season, or uh, some variations of that. So, I, w- I wouldn't rule Liverpool out. Obviously, they're the two wins away again in in these two games against Fulham and uh, Wolves. Villa did it again, dude. Right back in they, it. they did it again. They had their stupid loss against Sheffield, losing one oh, yeah. nil, well, like. You know what? Let's move on to uh, that now, because that was, you'd have to say it was uh, one of a couple of big upsets in the midweek games. Sheffield United beat Aston Villa 1-0 on Wednesday, a goal by David McGoldrick in the 30th minute, and then uh, Sheffield managed to hold on for the last uh, 30 minutes after Phil Jagielka got sent off in the 57th. Uh, I didn't get to watch this one, but when I looked at the lineup and I saw that there was uh, no Grealish yet again, and that uh, Ross Barkley was out, and they were starting uh, Ramsey, one of their academy players, who's a, like a bright young player attacking midfielder. But it, it seemed like uh, kind of an inexperienced lineup that was. I didn't think they were going to lose, but <laughs> I thought they had the chance to draw in that game and kind of disappoint. And you know, do you do you think this is Villa returning to the mean, or do you think once Jack Grealish is back, it's just you know business as usual, and they're right back in the conversation? Yeah, I mean, I think once Grealish is back, I think this team changes. You know, I was surprised that they got the result in their last game before that um, against Leeds. They won one nothing without Jack Grealish. And I think I got kind of lucky for that to happen. But now I think the luck kind of equalized a little bit, losing to Sheffield. And I honestly think they're going to finish 10th Villa this season. Uh, they're a really good side, but I don't think that they're like caliber to be getting Europe or anything like that. 
they don't have enough consistent goal scoring output. You know, while defensively they are a very good side, Emmy Martinez is a good goalkeeper. I think Grealish provides so much for that team, but if he's taken out of the game, they have one or two players in like Traore or, or El Ghazi who can maybe create a moment here or there, but nothing consistent that's going to be scoring 15, 20 goals a season. So until Villa find that type of player to pair up with Jack Grealish, I don't see them pushing for a European spot. Well, I mean, it had been Ross Barkley for a time and Ollie Watkins. He played pretty well, plenty well with uh, Ollie Watkins before. Yeah, but Ollie Watkins right now doesn't seem like he's going to score 20 goals in the Premier League yet. It could happen in the future, but... No, yeah, you're right. He's, he he's good against bit, very specific types of teams right now. Like low he reminds teams. me against like kind of like Gabby Ekbonlahor, like the old Villa striker. He's like fast and clinical, and he's a little bigger, but yeah. a little bit bigger, yeah. Uh, but the other player I didn't mention that they have uh, had out for a couple of weeks now is uh, Matty Cash, their right back, and him and him and Target are kind of uh, Matt Target on uh, left back are kind of underrated fullbacks uh, for Aston Villa. They uh, can defend decently enough and get forward and provide a lot of service to uh, to you know midfielders making late runs into the box like John McGinn and you know Ross Barkley back when he was still fit and playing. Uh, so yeah, they're they're missing uh, a big part like Grealish and little parts elsewhere that's uh, kind of contributing to this uh, slight detour in their uh, European hopes. But those two games in hand, I believe, are against uh, Tottenham and Everton. So uh, hopefully some of those players are back, namely Grealish, and uh, maybe they can push their way back into this uh, conversation. Another big upset was Burnley and Leicester. Just give it a quick mention. Uh, Burnley went up early behind uh, Matej Vitra in the fourth minute, and then Kalecia Iannaccio had a great uh, equalizer in the 34th minute. And I believe Kasper Schmeichel had a save-of-the-season candidate in the second half that kept it 1-1, and uh, Leicester dropped points in the second game in a row after losing to Arsenal without their uh, two star creative players. Uh, so are you hitting, hitting the panic button yet? You're going to wait until after Brighton this weekend for Leicester. Well, we did say it's these next three games that we're really going to see if they're what they're made of, you know, and this isn't a good start. So for them, these were these last two games, they probably expected six points. And this is, you know, I, I this as an Arsenal fan, I kind of know what this feels like, because this would happen to us sometimes, especially in these last few seasons where we've been in good positions to get top four and then we've like fallen off. And it's kind of like where you get in your own head. And players develop a mentality of like, almost like an inferiority complex where they like... Yeah, like, how can we get you know, through this one, you know, instead of... Exactly, like, oh, we fucked it up last season. How are we going to mess it up again this season? And so they start dropping points and slipping and, and you know, the, the the team that's there isn't the team that won the title, you know, six years ago. Oh, yeah, no, no we're close. It's it's a completely different team. I don't think so I can name a single there's, player. There's well, no Vardy. there's no winner there's no winner mentality other than Vardy. Yeah. So I think Leicester might slip out of top four. I think they're obviously looking like most likely candidates. They play Wolves this weekend. No, they have uh, uh, no Brighton away. Brighton. Okay. Brighton well, away Saturday at three p.m. The Brighton are going to be desperate for a result here. So yeah, it's going to be another similar be test game. to Burnley. Uh, same type of team, same type of uh, approach that you're going to encounter from your opposition. So I have to say, I've crit- I criticized the Ian Acho Vardy combination on the last pod after they lost to Arsenal and said that combination never works. But for specifically for Ian Acho's goal against Burnley, uh, there was a really good movement from Vardy to sort of drop off and create the space for Ian Acho to make a diagonal run into get on the end of a ball that was played over the top and then finish it first or second touch. 
So, you know, that's that's something, you know, that that was something that made me sit up and go, oh, OK, maybe these two can play together. So somebody to keep an eye on. So to get the previews started proper, uh, Burnley and Arsenal will play each other Saturday at 7.30 a.m. Arsenal have a very good record at Turf Moor, contrary to what most people's opinion might be of uh, big teams going to Turf Moor. It's not the uh, it's not the castle that people have uh, sort of remembered it as. So no, we usually win there, yeah. Yeah, and you know sometimes it's not pretty, but usually you just end up winning there. So, how optimistic are you uh, going into this game after you know last weekend you saw Burnley lose four nil to Tottenham, and then midweek you saw them grind out a result, a one one draw with Leicester? Are you optimistic or what? Well, like I said on the last pod, I think Leicester and and Arsenal are very different style teams. Arsenal now is is a team kind of built in the in the in a similar vein to like Man- Manchester City where you know we we try to have the ball more we try to move the ball around quickly from side to side and get crosses into the box to create chances and Leicester is more of a counterattacking style they sit back they defend really well they have really good tackling and high energy and, and good pressing and then they'll hit you with with a couple of goals really quick and I think that for that style, Burnley, who also is, is probably the team, I think, statistically, who sits back the most in the league, defends, gets in a, in a low block, and just tries to get you with set pieces and, and counterattacks, but the counterattacks are hoofballs down the field where they get their big striker to try to bully your striker or defender out of the way. And, you know, they, they, they get a lot of goals that way. I, I think that that style is just not the same for, for Arsenal, and I think Arsenal's like the the way that we play the the form we're on, I think it's going to be a pretty easy win. I'm going to say like three one Arsenal. When do you give up on top four? If you draw this one, do you then just go okay? We're putting everything into Europa League because I, I need yeah, I, I, don't think I, I need you to understand the, those are the kinds of stakes uh, in all these Premier League games. Yeah, absolutely. Right you can't now, drop right now, we have to win. We, yeah, we have to win everything. We have to win like every game, but like one or two till the end of the season if we have any chance for top four. It's theoretically possible, but very, very, very difficult. Okay. Just wanted to get that out there. So if Arsenal draw points this weekend, we can put that to bed. Good to know. I think so, yeah. <laughs> so uh, other games on Cause, Saturday. Because you know we're going to drop points in some other games. So Yeah, yeah, yeah at yeah, some absolutely. point. I mean, all of us will. It's the end of the Premier League season and teams are desperate. So later on Saturday, 10 a.m., Sheffield United and Southampton, uh, Aston Villa and Wolves on uh Saturday at 12.30 p.m. And then to close out, like we mentioned, Brighton hosting Leicester City Saturday at 3 p.m. Not the best slate of games, <laughs> I'll be honest. <laughs> Not doesn't exactly uh, fill me with uh, excitement. I'll probably uh, be leaning on the Classica or something in uh, in Bundesliga this weekend. And I, I think the Madrid Derby is this weekend also. So there's some really great games going on in other leagues around the uh, around Europe this weekend. Uh, but Sunday is going to be a nice little slate of games. West Brom, Newcastle, not great, but that'll start on 7 a.m. on Sunday. Uh, then Liverpool will look to get back on track, hosting Fulham Sunday at 9 a.m. Do we want to touch on this real quick? Just to say, you know, obviously Fulham are in that yeah, category. Yeah, I mean, Liverpool, Liverpool, Liverpool could drop points here for sure. Yeah, if Burnley and Brighton beat them at uh, Anfield. Like five, oh, yeah, it's been five straight home losses and... Fulham are playing well right now. They're confident. They will feel hard done by that one nil loss to, to Tottenham. Yeah, they're unlucky not to get a result um, from that. At least a draw. They had a, they had a bunch of result. They had a bunch of like decent chances that they put wide, and 
they had a goal ruled off for a very very bullshit offside or a handball where I you know the player's hand was right next to his uh, hip. Also, the defender the, the, the defender kicked it point blank into the attacker's point blank into hand. his hand, right? And it would have hit off of his like you know the side of his body and just in, in the exact same direction, but. I don't know. I, I thought it should have been a goal to Fulham, and, and they definitely deserved at least a draw, if not a win, from that game against Tottenham. So I'd be scared if I was a Liverpool supporter to, to be playing Fulham right now. Are you making any like changes to the Liverpool team? I mean, you saw Jota come back and come off the bench. Just, Curtis Jones you start was, very, was was good, but he he you know he lost his shine in the second half. You have to, you have to change something at this point. You can't just keep know. playing the same the same eleven. You can make fun of the defense all you want. But, you know, they kept a clean sheet at Sheffield. They weren't, I mean, absolutely awful against Chelsea. Trent Alexander-Arnold got, you know, targeted a couple of times. But the defense wasn't the problem for Liverpool against Chelsea. It was very much their attack. So I feel like you need to do something drastic like bench Firmino and have, or have Firmino play with Jota as the center forward and have Firmino basically yeah, really be your more come natural back, number 10. The ground, hit the ground running right now. Yeah, all I know is something needs to change because uh, Fulham are, you know, they're getting down to it at the bottom of the table. They're, they've been getting good performances and some good results uh, from those performances, but it's gonna they got to start picking up actual points in terms of wins pretty soon. And that will also bring us to Sunday, 11.30 a.m., the Manchester Derby. Manchester City flying high, 21 wins in a row in all competitions. Manchester United in a bit of a... A bit of a slide at the moment. They're coming off a nil-nil draw with Crystal Palace and another nil-nil draw with Chelsea last weekend. Uh, two away remember games. Remember a couple months ago when you were like City? Like, I remember I was like, "Oh, if City keep winning, like you're like that would mean that City keep winning for two months." It's March now, Alex, and City have kept winning. Yeah, so they're winning the league. That, I think that was basically my point. I was like, "Oh, so they're running away with it," and you were like, "Yeah, they're probably going to run away with it." And I just said, well, that would mean they would have to go and beat Liverpool at Anfield, which they hadn't done for what, like thirty years. I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know did then that, that Liverpool more. would be this bad at home, and that anyone could like rock up to Anfield and get a win. Uh, and then uh, I think they had they had one other tough game at Everton away. That was another like pretty tough game. And then West Ham the other day. So these are all you know results that prove to everyone. That you know, Manchester City are going to be the champions. Frankly, I don't think we talk highly enough about them. But at the same time, I'm <laughs> Manchester United are just one of those teams that a game like this, that like this might be the exact kind of game that they just you know decide to play well and win win two one or something or just scrape it. I mean, City City win again here. I mean, they're a dynasty, man. I mean, this is three in five years. Like it's it's you can't say that this team is not a dynasty with what what they're building be, and how be, this team uh, three is three and four years yeah Gunning yeah. Pep's been there for five years but he won the first one the second year so and and I think the the big question was could he do it in the Premier League and, and he's doing it right now and it's they look like they could win the Champions League this year you know I, and I think in this Manchester City United game I, I don't think it's going to be particularly close and the United have had good results against City in the past and Pep looks very about, highly and like what about all the nil nils we, we've talked about Manchester United are no, all I think of it's these gonna be like two nil city. Okay. They have all of their weapons back: De Bruyne, so, Aguero, Jesus. A part of me is a Mares, not, Okay, Sterling, I wouldn't say concerned, but Gundogan, a part of me does wonder. Silva. The uh, the West Ham game last weekend when they started Sergio Aguero. I don't want to say he looked bad because I want to be fair to him. It was his first game back for a, a long time. A year. It was yeah, his, fir- like it was his first time. start for a long time. Um, 
but they didn't seem to have that like same fluidity about them. It seemed a bit more predictable when they were playing at West against West Ham. That's why, you know, two center backs ended up getting the goals for them. Uh, you know, maybe that's just Aguero getting the rust off, and he'll be right back to yeah, it. Yeah, but how but... they turned it on, how they turned it on in that Wolves game, where they were just, you know, Wolves. Well, Wolves they, really they, fucked they dominated up, to the be first fair. half. Like they, yeah, they they dominated the first half though, and should have had two or three goals. And then in the second half, it was one-one, and just took the advantage last ten of some minutes. Mistakes. I mean, yeah. yeah, City just turned it on and, and and just destroyed them. So, I don't know this this. I don't think that this United side is in the same place. They've also drawn. They keep drawing games, seven draws in their last, you know, I think 10 games, not, no, 11 games, something like that. So kind of crazy that they keep drawing games. They're not losing, um, but I don't think that they're going to get a draw in this one. To miss a 2-0 City. Maybe 2-1. United do have a, their, their finishing is woeful right now, though. Rashford, Bruno hasn't done anything the last couple of weeks. Well, one thing you can say that you got to think maybe fatigue is getting to him. Possibly, yeah. He does possibly, play every game. Possibly fatigue. He hasn't been. He hasn't been getting rested. But also, I mean, the the same criticism we've had of Manchester United going back to Louis Van Gaal onto Jose Mourinho and now to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer has been they cannot create teams that consistently break down very defensive low block teams. That's I sound like a broken record at this point saying that, but United haven't. Uh, disproven that that theory yet that will not be the case against Manchester City which is why there have been surprise results uh, in recent years granted this Manchester City team is a, a lot better uh, than especially last year's teams but even the team that won the league uh, two or three years ago where they were I think three years ago where they were going to be crown champions at home against Manchester United they went up 2-0 early and then United came back and won 3-2 that's just an example of United just you know pulling something out of their ass from nowhere and you know getting a result I'll probably go as far to say I'll predict I was looking I'll predict at United's games though I'm gonna say 2-2 I was looking at I was looking at United's games and other than the 9-0 at Southampton which is very impressive yes yes but other than that game Every game they've they've won has been like two one one zero, and then they've had a bunch of nil nil and one one draws. The, the thing and I'll they say haven't though, had like a big result other than that nine nil where they like you. And a lot of those games they fell behind, and then they ended up scoring a couple of goals to come back, which is good. But at the same time, like this United side hasn't been good this season. It's impressive okay, to me that they're sorry, in second don't, place, don't, not, don't go not that having far. been good. It's not that they haven't been good. No, they haven't. They haven't. Like if you think about it, they like had no a run one, in, like Marti- they had a Martial's run earlier in the season where they were Rashford's fallen out of form. They were they were they were they're good. Not play- but they were winning games. They were winning games two one one nil. Broadly categorizing their season as out. not good when they're currently second in the league is you know that's is not smart. I mean, they're in a bad run it, of form no, for but, sure. But, but against teams them, that press high, them, like Southampton, and then Leeds, okay, who they beat the six two at home, United, they, they, I mean, against a team that plays of, open, of they that have team. the pace to make those teams pay. I'm not saying say they're going to score three or four against Manchester City. That would obviously be dumb. But I think two two is kind of reasonable. City will probably go out and just embarrass me now. But you know, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna shake things up a little bit. I think United turn that up for this are, game. Alex. They get they, they get another draw. And, you know, people make a bigger deal out of it for Manchester City than they need to. But, you know, it's part of, it's part of the game. Part of the run is, uh, lo- is stopping the run. And I'm thinking I think that's going to happen this weekend. And it I, won't matter. Yeah, I, City I, will still be champions and I'll still think the same here, of them. Yeah, yeah. If it doesn't happen here, though, who's going to stop them, man? <laughs> well, I mean, this is it. I mean, overall, it might have to be whoever they play next in Champions League because it's not going to be Gladbach. So unless they they might have to get a really tough Champions League opponent to uh, 
to expose them because it doesn't look like it's going to happen after this Manchester United game. It doesn't look like it's going to happen in the Premier League for a little while now. So you said 3-1 was or 2-1 was your uh, prediction. United get one goal, but yeah, ultimately City yeah, win. Yeah, 2-1. Okay. Yeah, I think City go up 2-0, United get a goal, and then it's not enough. I'll stick to 2-2. Tottenham are off the back of uh, two decent wins against relegation candidates. Crystal Palace, we wouldn't quite categorize them as a relegation candidate. They're slightly above that pack and just got that result, the nil-nil against Manchester United. Just give me a pick. Who do, you, like, do you think they are able to get anything from this game or Tottenham continue to beat up on the little, little kids of the league? I'll say 1-0 Tottenham. I think Tottenham generally have had success against Palace, though. I think it's a team that like Mourinho understands how to how to beat and i don't know if they're gonna have zaha they've been missing zaha for a while so even if zaha is back he's not going to be 100 percent. and they need a healthy wilfred zaha for this team to have any chances because the team is so weak and lackluster attacking impetus wise without him so yeah i'm gonna say one nil tottenham it could even be two yeah i'm gonna say you i'm know. gonna say two nil then monday Probably two of the most exciting games of the fixture list this weekend outside of the Manchester Derby. Uh, Chelsea hosting Everton. Fourth versus fifth, Monday, 1 p.m. Why the hell are we 1 p.m.? I feel like they usually put the worst game at 1 p.m. I feel like Chelsea-Everton is a bigger game than West Ham leads. Screw, yeah, it's screw unfortunate. that. Screw that. It's unfortunate. Whatever. You should be the I'll get to watch the one. first half during my lunch hour. I'll, I'll enjoy that. It's a huge game. Frankly, I'll go as far as to say if Chelsea lose this game to Everton... And Everton have, you know, put up a good fight against plenty of good teams this year. They're a couple of weeks removed from getting a 2-2, or sorry, a 3-3 draw with Manchester United at Old Trafford, where uh, for half the game they they were barely playing and were down 2-0 at halftime. So... They're definitely a uh, an opponent to be feared. They're obviously behind us for a reason in the league by like one point. Uh, they have a game in hand, but I think if we win this game, we cement ourselves. I'm going to say it because I'm going to assume Manchester United drop points and Leicester may have some trouble with Brighton. I think on form, Chelsea would cement themselves as the team with the best chance of retaining top four and you know wrapping up that spot. So there's plenty of other games to go this season, but it just this just feels like the game that after winning at Liverpool, if you come back home and you know lose this one, you kind of undo like a lot of goodwill that you created with all that hard work at Anfield on Thursday night. So uh, I think it's going to be low scoring, but Chelsea just exit, and I'll say two uh, one Chelsea. Olivier Giroud probably back in the fold against a Everton team that will sit deep and. Look to try and nip in yeah, behind us with Richarlison. I don't know what to say here. King Carlo, though, Alex. King Carlo. He's been he's... King Carlo. Richarlison scored in four straight games. He's the first Brazilian player Congrats. ever to do so. Congrats. He scored against uh, West Brom. And who the fuck else cares? I... Hmm. <laughs> Let me introduce you to Antonio Rudiger like... and Christian Eriksen. Christensen. this is going to be a nil-nil. I kind of feel like this will be like nil-nil, maybe 1-1. One, one. I think we can score against Everton. I'm going to say draw. I'm going to say draw. But what? Nil-nil or 1-1? Nil-nil. Nil-nil. Wow. Okay. So no belief in Chelsea. You hate to see it. What do you have to do at this point, you know? All right. Well, will you at least agree with me that if we beat Everton on Monday, you'll uh, you'll think of us as the, you know, the favorite to retain top four out of, you know, Leicester, United, Liverpool. Ev- yeah, I think so. I mean, I think you guys on form would become that team if you beat Everton. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. All right, uh, and then just finally, I think because oh. this is this is where you got to show me because I think up till this point, 
the Liverpool game, yeah, was a really big game. Winning it was huge for Tuchel. Tuchel? Tuchel. But no, it's Tuchel. No, I think it's Tuchel, actually. Well, they, they do like a guttural Tuchel like kind of thing Tuchel. in Germany, but yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not yeah, going to do that. But yeah, anyway, I think that he will really lift his status to win this next game. And I think at this point right now, you know, Chelsea definitely made the right decision letting go of Lampard and, and bringing in a new coach to, to turn the season around. It, I mean, it's, it's saved their season. So. It does kind of depress me thinking Chelsea of... Chelsea board comes in again. It, it kind of depresses me thinking of Frank Lampard at home watching this Chelsea team, like, you know, do so well without him. Like, <laughs> I feel bad for him, man. Like, he's probably just there like, why wouldn't they do that for me? Why wouldn't they do what I told them? So you ex- got the job too fast, what, yeah, man. That's what experience will do for you, I guess. Uh, we shouldn't uh, leave this, this preview pod without uh, talking at least a little bit about West Ham Leeds Monday at 3 p.m. It should be a fun one. Definitely should be a fun one. Leeds, not sure what their form is. Uh, it's, it's a little spotty. They they were on a good patch of form, but you mentioned earlier they lost Aston Villa last weekend, 1-0. Uh, They had a 3-0 win against Southampton the week before, a couple of losses to Wolves and Arsenal before that. So it's uh, on and off form. But uh, the main thing I'm going to say when predicting this game is that Marcelo Bielsa has a terrible record down in London. Even when he was in the championship, whenever they would have to play a London club, I think he has maybe like one or two wins in about like 20 plus tries. I don't have the exact numbers in front of me, but Marcelo Bielsa at Leeds doing badly in London when he plays there is very much a thing. So I'm going to say, also, I'm going to say three, also, one West just, Ham. I'm gonna, yeah. I was going to say two, one West Ham, but this West Ham side showed that in teams around this level, that they can beat them pretty well. You know, they beat that Aston Villa side with a healthy Jack Grealish and, you know, their full team, Matty Cash, Matt Target, everything three, one and beat them soundly. So I think that this team right now is, is playing well. They're, they're, Jesse Lingard is coming into form. I mean, he. There was a time at United when he was scoring in a set. Like I remember even picking him up in fantasy a few years ago. He 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 did have patches of really really good form, and he's in that right now. So it's kind of crazy that he's the the player that's threatening a lot right now and creating a lot of chances for for West Ham. And the other thing, him and Antonio seem to have a good connection. Yeah, they do a really good connection. And uh, then you can't forget, obviously, about players we mentioned before, Rice and Suchek and. Uh, deep in midfield and then Pablo Fornals I don't think gets talked about enough he's not you know breaking the stack sheet or anything but he's knitting everything together nicely and they're getting w- good wing play from their wing backs so yeah I'm g- he's a little uh, Santi Cazorlam yeah poor, poor, man's, like Santi. poor man's Santi Cazorlam poor man's Santi Cazorlam yeah. yeah he's uh, so I, I expect West Ham to get back West on the, Ham the also beat track. Tottenham so they beat Tottenham and they beat yeah I think if West Ham do drop points or like lose in this game I think it could have a very large effect because that would be two losses in a row for them. Yeah. And I know that's City. I mean, they lost to City. They, they're not going to take too much disheart from that. But I think this is the type of game they have to win if they really want European ambitions this season. The, the main thing that makes me excited for this game is that while most other Premier League teams, because uh, of FA Cup reschedules, had to play you know a double game week this week uh, in midweek, West Ham and Leeds were, you know, they played last weekend and now they won't play again until next Monday in the latest game of the weekend. So there won't be any uh, excuses for fatigue or anything like that. And Leeds, who are a team that thrive on hard work ethic and uh, fitness, the, a little bit of rest so that they're as fresh as possible, puts them in at least a, a good position to try and execute their game plan a little better than uh, they have in past weeks. So 
uh, yeah, expect a lot of goals, but I'm going to stick with uh, 3-1 West Ham. What were you saying? You were saying... Uh, 2-1 West 2-1 Ham. 2-1 West Ham. All right, that's fair. Well, thanks for listening, everyone. Javier, thanks for coming on the pod with me and letting me uh, talk a little bit about Chelsea and get a bit too excited about Chelsea uh, after a nice win at Anfield. Not yet, Alex. Don't get too excited. Yeah, yeah I'm just excited. We, we went through three games against Atletico Madrid, Manchester yeah, United, and Liverpool with two wins and a, and a draw. You're like, lucky trash. We're in a nice little bit of form. That just new manager bounce down, is uh, starting to maintain a calm little down. bit. Oh, oh, God. <laughs> All right. Well, let's wrap things up there. Javier, again, thank you. Uh, everyone, you can go follow us on social media at ASMOS92 for my social media, at JavierRev9 for Javier's Twitter, at Andrew Passaro for his Twitter and Instagram, and of course for the podcast, at GhostGoalPod on both Twitter and Instagram. And until next time, see ya. <laughs>